Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hoops Tradamus podcast. Running the triangle offense here. We got a boss in the house. We got Josh in the house and I'm Adam Shalafu and uh, breaking it down once again. Today is Monday, January 4th. Happy New Year. And uh, Steph Curry just went crazy. 62 points. That's what we're starting with. A boss, your guy, Damian Lillard, poked the bear. What do you have to say? Honestly, I think it was it was going to happen sooner or later, so I'm not that mad. Uh, it was a wonderful game. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, obviously, it would have been nice for the Blazers to win, but um, I feel like playing a team one day, playing them two days after, and it's not like a playoff atmosphere, um, they're probably going to get get the better of you the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, since like I feel like the familiarity is still there. But, yeah, no, that was – that was very fun to watch. I was, uh, I was like half watching the game and the Blazers were kind of keeping it within 10 at the end. Um, and then like every time they would get close, Curry would like do some crazy crap. Um, it's a nice change though. Cause he's been like a little inefficient early on this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curry has. So seeing that was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, Josh? Um, I think we saw Steph Curry that is telling everyone, don't forget that I won MVP unanimously a few years ago. Yeah. And I think we're seeing a Golden State team that I don't think they're making the playoffs. I think it would – that's clear as day. I don't Ooh, think they have enough talent on that roster to make the playoffs. Okay. But- we'll, we'll talk about that uh, in, in detail a little bit later because I may have a differing opinion, but we'll save that for later. I think that Steph – the problem is with Steph is that you know, I'm looking at this team, and he went 8 for 16 from 3, but the rest of the team was 5 for 18. He doesn't have the guys around him like he used to so that he could count on them to do the things that they needed. Andrew Wiggins is not Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's arguably one of the three best players in the NBA. When you lose one of those guys, it's very hard to come back from that. You know, so it's kind of like going from Michael Jordan to Mitch Richmond. Nice replacement. That's not Michael Jordan. So I feel like – Steph was – we know Steph can – we know Steph is capable of going on these crazy streaks where he can – he just catches fire and can hit everything that – you know, he pulls up in 35 feet and he can hit it with ease. We've seen that. And I feel like he was due – this was long overdue, especially given the fact that he was injured last year. He was bound to break out and have a big game this year. 62, was not expecting that, but I was definitely expecting him to drop at least 45 points or more at one point, maybe even a 50-burger this year, and set, and prove that he was still Steph Curry. And we know he is. It's just that he does not have as many open looks as he used to. And But it was really fun to see. It really was. I mean, honestly, I feel like this is what happens when, you know, it, it, it wasn't just Damian Lillard. You know what I mean? Damian said uh, in a tweet that, you know, he's – He's not getting the quality looks right now, and it's a different league than it's been in the last four or five years. And yeah, there's some truth to that, especially when you consider like the some of the shot, like Damian Lillard broke the thunder. You know, he took that shot from the logo, and that whole team was disbanded months later. You know, and so like you do have to respect people's range like you never had before. But if you were one of the Steph Curry slanderers. If you were one of the people denying this man's greatness, 
you just got run over by the train. You just laid on the tracks and the train ran you over. I mean, this guy's the greatest shooter of all time. And there, I don't think that's like even much of a debate, you know, like at least the greatest three point shooter of all time. And uh, it's interesting because now he has more points in a game than his teammate Clay Thompson had, who's also gone absolutely bonkers at different times. But I mean, it, it just feels foolish for whether you're a Twitter user or whether, whether you're Damian Lillard to like poke the bear here. Like, I don't know. For me, I honestly have Steph Curry as my number two point guard of all time behind Magic Johnson. And I think that there's a real chance that he winds up uh, the the best of all time, because one of the things I kind of use to measure greatness is how do you influence the game? You don't have Damian Lillard without Steph Curry, Steph Curry, uh, back-to-back MVP, five-time champion. And, you know, in his best season, he hit 402 three pointers uh, in that season. And that's just off threes point four or five points per minute. I mean, that's absolutely insane. And that's a season when he only played, uh, you know, three quarters, most of those games, this guy's the best ever at what he does. And the game's about putting the ball in the hoop. And if you're that good at putting the ball in the hoop for uh, a distance that gives you more points, then that's going to work. I'm not putting him ahead of magic. At any point. Well, I said I got him behind Magic, but number two. But he could, right. he could pass Magic. I, Matt, I, I will say this about Magic Johnson. He was the first person, basically over six foot five, that ran the offense. One for Magic. Do we have LeBron James? No. Exactly. But and I, I think mean, you can you can say the same. Like, but that's the same thing. You're talking about evolution at that point, because then you don't have. Trey Young, Damian Lillard, like this next wave is coming because of Steph. I don't, I don't disagree. Basically, basically Gerald Henderson would be the best player in the NBA today. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it would be like every year the finals would be Henderson versus DeRozan. <laughs> it would probably, if it was still uh, the way it was played back in the day, I still think LeBron would be the best player, but Joel also, Embiid would be. <laughs> Way Rodney Stuckey would still be in the league. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. I'm just naming everybody I can who could shoot the mid range, not even pretend from three. <laughs> ben Gordon would probably still be in the league. Ben Gordon was shot shot forty percent from three. I think Ben would be even better today than he was back in yeah. the 2000s. Ben was a marksman when he got on. <laughs> But, but anyways, anyways, I <laughs> I'm just distracting everyone. I would need to see Steph take his own team, take this team by himself to a finals. And I don't think he's going to do that. Magic did that. When did Magic do that? When the Bulls played him the first time. Uh, I mean, you still had James Worthy, Vladi Divot, and uh, Byron Scott, right? Yeah, he, he's got a, a rookie center who looks good. He's got Draymond Green who scored one point yesterday and then well you know Draymond's and Ubre. Draymond will always be the king of the triple singles yeah well, I look Draymond will have his impact uh I don't have faith in in Kelly Ubre or Andrew Wiggins to to help this team reach a finals 
Well, or even a top Snow. four seed. I don't. I just don't know where this team goes because I feel like what made them so good was having so many high IQ players there, and I could see them making a potential run in the playoffs with Clay back. But I don't think Draymond's coming back. I think they're going to trade him, and I don't think they'll be able to. He's he's tied up for too much money. Perhaps, perhaps. I but I do think West is so deep, man. I think yeah. they need Draymond though. It's hard. They, they need they need Draymond Green. I agree. They, they need him. They Draymond they don't Green. have. There's nobody else on that team who can who can pass. And Wiggins, Ubre, what the hell? Pascal, none of these guys are going to pass the ball properly. Uh, I think he takes a lot of, of the uh, weight off of Curry. Yeah. They need green. It's not like the alternatives are really that much better. I mean, yeah. I don't have – Steph would have to score like 40, 40 points a game in a, in a 40, 50 in a, a game in a playoff series for them to beat anybody in the West if they're not a top three seed, Draymond, which green. I feel like is not happening. Yeah. Draymond Green led the team in assists last night. I mean, like he's, he's not your traditional weapon by any stretch. He's never been an elite scorer. I mean, he came out absolutely on fire in the game seven loss uh, to the Cavs. And what was that? 26. Everyone forgets that he dropped like 32 points, just 30 or 32. He just went insane. It was like lights out from three. And, you know, he only took two shots last night, but he made James Wiseman who, actually had a really nice game yesterday his his first career double double uh, 12 points 11 rebounds and uh, two blocks on the other end Wiseman uh, really looking good in just under 22 minutes but he made Wiseman look good he found Curry all over the floor not just from three and uh, I honestly think that Draymond Green is obviously he's going to be better with Clay Thompson on the floor but he's a guy who sees the floor exceptionally well, and he's one of the best passing forwards of all time. And also uh, they, they need his defense. I think Ubre is a solid defender and Ubre actually had like an okay game last night. You know, he had his 17 points. He's still really shooting uh, the ball poorly. One of five from three uh, Wiggins, one of five from three as well. But I do think that the team really needs Draymond Green because of the, the what he brings defensively, and this is a former defensive player of the year, but also especially without Clay, uh, and not to say Clay was necessarily a playmaker, but he's like one of those dudes who's been there with uh, the Warriors championship runs. Like Draymond is your second most important veteran behind Steph Curry. And also behind Steph Curry, probably your best playmaker, right? Easily, easily. They, they'll need him. They'll need him. Unless unless you're, like, getting a, a good two-guard or a good small forward who can also pass. I mean, can't really think of anybody who's actually available right now. Well, there's just but, not uh, a lot of those guys. <laughs> there aren't a lot of sellers either. There's really nobody selling right now. I mean, because of COVID, I don't think anyone's really going to make any deals. <laughs> Unless they want like George Hill <laughs> from OKC. <laughs> if you want like a, a secondary playmaker uh, at shooting guard or something, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think they're going to need him. I, I, I really, I, I'm not that hopeful for the Warriors. I think it's just going to be nice to see Steph. It would be fun to see them as a low seed in the playoffs because of Steph and because it'll shut up all the haters. But um, I don't know. 
I don't know. I have no faith in Ubre or Wiggins. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it, they could get in as a lower seed, but I don't see them unless they have Clay Thompson. I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs without Clay Thompson. I think they can be maybe they can get that ninth or 10th spot, but you know, I still think this is a team that's trying to figure out how to play together, especially with Steph Curry and without yeah. Clay Thompson. I think they need Clay. Otherwise, I don't see him making the playoffs. And they're so young. Well, let's exactly. play. Let's play a game of uh, better or worse. All right. So the way this is going to go is, I am going to name a team, and so we'll go uh, a boss, Josh, then me. All right. So we'll keep the same consistent rotation. I'm going to name a team. Uh, you can say your quick piece. Don't go too long on it. But are the Warriors better than this team? Are they worse than this team? Uh, and so this obviously could change throughout the year. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started. So uh, just for context, the Warriors are currently three and three. Uh, they Their wins come against the Bulls, the Pistons, and the Trailblazers. So nothing super impressive. Uh, their losses, on the other hand, coming against the Bucks, the Nets, and the Trailblazers. And so they have lost to good teams. Uh, they, they split the series so far with the Trailblazers, who I think uh, are a good team in the West, but not necessarily a great team in the West. All right. Uh, so, Abbas, going to you, uh, better or worse than the Memphis Grizzlies? Better, better, especially with Morant out. Mm-hmm. They're a lot better than Memphis right now. <clears throat> Josh. I would have to say – I would probably have to say better as well. I think at this current time, they're playing better than Memphis. So I would say, you know, for the time being, that they're playing just a little bit better than Memphis, yeah. And, yeah, Memphis 2-4 and four right now. And I'm going to say better as well, and even with a healthy job Morant, because uh, what do these teams have in common? They're both super young. You know, uh, the best players on the Warriors probably are still Steph and Draymond, but, like – you have a bunch of super young guys and a lot of the guys like Eric Paschkel, uh, that, you know, has really taken some big steps under the tutelage of, of, uh, Steve Kerr. Uh, but that's, that's a young player. You had, you know, uh, pool who hit the game winner against the bulls. That's a, a young player. And so I think that the warriors, it's easy to consider them the same kind of animal that they were a few years ago, but not necessarily. They actually have a lot in common with some of these young up and coming teams, because apart from, uh, you know, Steph kind of Wiggins, who's also, I think only like 25 years old, uh, Draymond and even Ubre is pretty young. So they're a very young team with some good veteran leadership. Uh, all right. San Antonio Spurs, a boss. Oh man. Just because of Steph Curry, probably the Warriors. Um, San Antonio is uh, they've played. I think that they've played some tough games early on. I just like I, Steph is just so much better than anybody on that team <laughs> that I feel like it gives them the the edge. Also, obviously Aldridge hasn't played much this year. I think he's injured still. Mm-hmm. So like that might that that has probably made a difference. But yeah, I'd, I'd go with the Warriors. I think it's real tough because I believe the Spurs have already played the Lakers twice. Yeah, lost both which times. I, which I feel like is part of the problem. And one thing with the um, the Spurs is that the Spurs have still a very nice, decent nucleus of 
players that can get them some buckets. But, you know, it's DeMar DeRozan in that phenomenal mid-range game. You know, it, it doesn't scream to me that this is a team that's going to be able to – I just don't think that they have the same level that the Warriors have because the Warriors do have a couple of other guys that really can step up for them in Andrew Wiggins. And Kelly Oubre also has the ability to really go off if he's playing at a good level, and right now he's just not. So I would take the Warriors based on that. And I just think that the Spurs, it's it's tough watching Pop with a crappy team. It's tough. It's tough. And I think they're crappy, but they're just they're not, you know, right. they're, they're, they're the Spurs are the definition of San Antonio crappy. Yeah, because like they're certainly interesting. Uh Derek White is he's only played one game, but he really showed up in the bubble. And I think that he's part of the the nucleus of the future over there. Uh, Deontay Murray has been low key, kind of a triple double machine over there. Uh, and then, you know, but you got your old guys, Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. A Popovich team can't be bad, but this isn't your typical Spurs team, but it is tough when you've already played uh, the Lakers twice. You played the jazz, you played the Pelicans, the wins for them coming against the Grizzlies and the Raptors. Uh, but, but two and four so far, I would, I would also say that I would take the, uh, the Warriors over the Spurs as well. Uh, and I think they both have great coaches. I think the the Warriors just have a little bit more to play with. All right. The disappointing so far Denver Nuggets. I'd still take Denver over, over Golden State. They're just a deeper team. They have success the past few years. The core is pretty much still the same. Um, I think it's just a slow start for a team that's kind of tired still. Um, I, I mean, I, I'd be very surprised if Denver just fell off a cliff after mm-hmm. being good these last few years. Uh, so I'm not really – I mean, they lost to Phoenix. The Sacramento losses obviously weren't good. Uh, they lost to the Clippers. But the schedule gets a little bit easier. Like they play Minnesota again tomorrow. They play Dallas. They play Philly, which is going to be terrible. The Knicks, Brooklyn maybe without KD. Um, And then they play the Warriors. So it's like a couple wins they can pick up there. Um, So I would still take them over Golden State. There's a deeper team and their stars are healthy. What do you think, Josh? It's tough because uh, you know we, we discussed this that the Nuggets can't guard anybody. Right. And they set up 116 a game. And I mean, Jokic, I mean, apparently Jokic thinks he's Steve Nash, but you know, it's great having a seven foot Steve Nash, but when you guard like Steve Nash, it's not very easy to win a lot of games. So I would still and I think I he's got a right better now, defensively. I just gotta, I just gotta stick up for my guy a little bit. I, I think that the it's, it's that's become a myth. Jokic is a good defender now. He's not, he's not necessarily the uh, problem there. He's not gonna be all defensive team, but I think that he has uh, proven to be an above average low post defender. I think one of the main problems is Gary Harris has been atrocious. I think that's one of the big problems. Will Barton is not happy in his role. There might be a little, dare I say, a little issue in the locker room, perhaps, because mm. those guys are because of a guy like Will Barton kind of messing with that and saying he's not happy, you know. But I think I would say that if Gary Harris is on and everyone on that team is clicking because they do have so many good players, 
I think that I would still take Denver just because they have more depth They're and they have more talent right now. If we're putting clay on that team, I might give the warriors a slight edge because that gives them a different dynamic to their offense that they simply don't have right now. Whereas the nuggets are just, I'm still taking a team that made the Western conference finals. I'm still going to pick them over a team that was the worst team in the NBA last year. Without Steph and clay, but yeah. I mean, without them, yes. Without Steph and Clay, and they didn't have Kelly Oubre, and they didn't have James Wiseman, and they didn't have Draymond Green most of the year. So I, I honestly don't think we can even compare last year's team to this year's team. I don't disagree. I just think that even with them, I'm still probably going to take Denver because I think that this team, I think overall they have more talent at roster and they can win. Now in a seven-game series, I think Warriors would have a chance in that series for sure, but I would still take the Nuggets in that series. I would still take the Nuggets in that series. And, and, and I think you would too, Adam. Uh, yeah, probably. And uh, just going off what you're saying, yeah, uh, if, if you put Clay Thompson on the Warriors, I think they can beat anyone. If you put Clay Thompson on the Warriors, that's a contender this year. Uh, and that, I mean, Clay Thompson, I think, is actually, when he's healthy, the most underrated player in the NBA. And uh, I will, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But you, you talk about a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands, who's the best catch and shoot player of all time and until last night had a bigger career high than Steph Curry and is the only player in NBA history to hit 14 three-pointers in a game uh, in a time when three-point shooting has never been more important so um yeah with with Clay it's a different conversation but as of right now yeah I'd probably give uh Denver the edge uh let's just get through just a couple more here uh Houston Rockets who are now two and two if James Harden's still in Houston, Houston's better. And they're just they they're very they're still a really deep team. Uh, John Wall has actually looked really good, uh, or pretty good at least, coming back from that awful awful injury. Um, he's I mean he's averaged twenty five points a game. He's only played two games, but like he's looked you know, great still, in the two games. Still, yeah. uh, I mean Christian Wood looks like one of the best signings of the last ten years. Most improved player. <laughs> he's averaging 24 and 11 almost <laughs> i mean i the pistons signed jeremy grant instead of him ridiculous and mason and mason plumley and mason plumley yeah that was the best for, signing for, all year for a little bit less money than christian wood they signed mason plumley yikes <laughs> uh eric gordon came back and he's averaging almost 20 points a game so the rockets are going to score a bunch and they you know, DeMarcus Cousins has looked, you know, he looked all right in, in, uh, in preseason when he was playing before the, uh, before he was out for the, for the social distancing. PJ Tucker is still a great defender, uh, still hits the corner three. I mean, they're just such a, they're a very deep team. And I like that they have Christian Wood because I think he's one of the best lob partners that both Wall and Harden have ever had. Uh, I mean, Wall is going from the last time he was healthy. He was playing with freaking Nene and Marchin Gortat. Wow. To Christian Wood, who's averaging 24 and 10. Same for Harden. I mean, the last comparable was Clint Capella. And, you know, I, I don't think Christian Wood's that as good of a defender, but scores a lot more than Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would go with the Rockets all day. I think if, if, if Harden wasn't seeking a trade or if that team wasn't seeking to get rid of Harden, uh, 
they'd be miles and miles ahead. It's hard to say right now, though. It depends where Harden is in a week or in a day or in a month. But yeah. right now, at this moment, they're better than Golden State, for sure. Fair enough. I don't know who you – also, if Harden's going to be on the last year of his contract, I don't know who trades for him because there's no guarantee he comes back. Well, I think he's actually got a few more years. I think he's got two or three more years, he's right? He's got two. He's only, he's only got two years left in his deal. Yeah. So right now, yeah, he, he's that's a through, big uh, risk you'd be taking. He's got a player option in uh, the 22-23 season. So <laughs> yeah, he's got let's call it this year, the next year, and then a uh, you're you're getting at least two years or a year and a half for like an MVP caliber player. You know, we, we saw. Well, he's that. not gonna trade it. He's not getting traded at the deadline. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. That's just my take because I just don't see him. I don't see a team throwing all their eggs in one basket, especially because of COVID. Um, I could see Brooklyn doing it if things are not going well, but I think you also are killing your depth and then you kind of have to put pieces together. And so, I mean, I could see that happening. I don't think Philly's going to do it because at this point, I think Philly is actually fine the way they're constructed. I think it's actually starting to work because they finally have shooting around Ben Simmons and it's starting to work. Um, so right now, I don't see James Harden getting traded until the offseason, if he gets traded at all. Okay. So who, who's better now? I would still – it's really tough because – well, look, if – Clay's not in there, then I think it's clear the Rockets. If Clay's in the conversation. And let's say this year. So Clay's not in there. Clay's not playing this year. I would definitely say Houston because I think they have way more depth and I think they're just a better team overall. And plus, I just also think that they haven't played their best basketball yet. Okay. I think it's only four games in. And John Wall looks fantastic. And that whole team, I think they're just – they're a much better, well-constructed team than I feel like they were last year. I completely agree. I don't. I think the. I think getting Russell Westbrook, I thought it was a terrible idea, mm-hmm. just because I didn't think their style of play worked well. They're both ISO-centric players. Russ needs the ball in his hand. Can't shoot very well. John Wall is a more. It, it just seems to it flows better with John Wall. And especially with Christian Wood in there, I think Christian Wood finally, dare I say, gives them that third all-star caliber player that they've mm. been looking for for forever in Houston. Yeah. Unfortunately, they may have found him past the point where their window closed, which is very unfortunate to say because I don't expect anybody – I don't expect them to get to the Western Conference Finals, although I think they can. But, you know, John Wall's playing at an all-star level at this point. And James Harden's playing like James Harden. And with Christian Wood like this, it, it, this is still a very scary team. And I think one thing that also people um, are not talking about is they have – they've replaced their wing depth very, very, very well. They've still – you know, they're still able to – they have – Nwaba's been playing fantastic. Sterling Brown, who I knew as a Milwaukee Buck, had a lot of talent. It's finally in a decent situation. Did – House is still a very solid veteran. P.J. Tucker is P.J. Tucker. You know, and Boogie, I mean, Boogie's done. Uh, yeah, you know, I thought I was going to see a little bit more because he looks so promising in the preseason. Boogie was done. Not- once, once he tore it, I thought to myself, he's a 6'11", he's a 6'11 center that's 280 pounds. And he wasn't exactly what I would call the most – he was mobile, but he wasn't exactly what I would call 
you know, the most athletic center in the world. When you tear your Achilles, most of the time you're done. Kevin Durant is not done because he's Kevin Durant. Yeah. And I just feel like when you can shoot the way he can, you don't necessarily need to dunk the ball and you don't need necessarily to be, he's three steps slower than he used to be. It's sad to see, but I know it's, it, it's an ACL and an Achilles too, you know, say that again. It's an ACL and an Achilles at this point. That's true too. And I think that's pretty much, I almost forgot Boogie blew out his knee. I almost forgot that he blew out his ACL. I almost forgot that. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's really like, it is he's not he the same animal. I don't know if he plays more than two, maybe three years max after this. He's played two games so far uh, in this season and he's played a combined math. All right. So uh, 25, 25 minutes. minutes. Yeah. So he's played 25 minutes. Um, I, I think that like we need to see a little bit more, but it also tells us like that he's certainly like when, when it's crunch time, Christian Wood is the center. And then they're going with PJ Tucker and Daniel house, uh, James Harden and John wall. And, that's probably their best lineup. And so Boogie's not in it. And so it is, it is interesting to see. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's very easy to look back at DeMarcus Cousins career and think about how the Pelicans offered him massive money, you know, and he didn't take it and he would have been paid. And instead, you know, he, he hurts his knee, uh, signs over in Golden State and then uh, gets hurt again with the Warriors and then doesn't play for about two years and then kind of like washes up the shore in Houston. And he's only played, you know, 25 minutes so far, but so far he's averaging only five points per game. So it, it's it's kind of weird to see. But um, to answer my own question, yeah, I think on paper I would give the edge to Houston. Um assuming Harden stays, but I do think that this is like where golden state is where they're in that like Houston range where like, if everything really comes together, they could be way better than uh, a lot of people are giving them credit for. But at the same time, there's a lot of question marks. And um, the, the difference between these two situations is Steve Kerr's. I think he is the better coach between the two, but he's dealing with a lot of raw guys you know, and uh, James Wiseman had his best game as a pro yet, but like that guy's going to be your starting center because I think it's important for the Warriors to develop him, but he's not necessarily uh, going to be that good this year. Like, I think that he's a good, I think he could win rookie of the year, but I think being a good rookie and being a great NBA player are two different conversations. And I think that his future is bright but he is going to have to go through some growing pains like anyone else. Uh, it's very rare that you see someone just come in elite. So I'm kind of changing up our uh, rundown here. Cause we were going to talk about the warriors at, uh, in, in this context later in the show. So let's, let's go uh, keep going with the West and then we'll come back to the East. We're going to talk a little Cavs Knicks uh, at the end, but an easy segue here, the Phoenix suns are now five and two. Uh, they have not been good for a very long time where the Warriors have been the best team in the NBA for uh, the recent future. If you minus last year when everybody was hurt, who's better, the Golden State Warriors or the Phoenix Suns? 
Oh, f- f- this year, Phoenix easily. Right? Not at close. least, at least, yeah. at least from what we've seen so far. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. stuff, you know, s- stuff can change, but like, it's not like they're beating bad teams. They've beat some pretty good teams. So, yeah, ab- absolutely, Phoenix, 100%. Chris Paul has been great, as expected. A lot of the young guys have been playing really well. Devin Booker is Devin Booker. He's doing his thing. Five and two. They almost, I mean, they almost beat the, Cl- they almost came back and beat the Clippers last night. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I love everything about the Phoenix team. The, the, um, the Jay Crowder signing was amazing. Right when it looked like they were done, they picked up Jay Crowder too, which is like, I mean, you saw what he did in Miami. I feel like he's the, you always want somebody like that. Uh, I feel like yeah. Chris Paul has shot a little rough to start the season. Um, but I mean, 33% it'll, three. Yeah. I'm sure it'll it'll pick up. It's Chris Paul. It's not like he's an inefficient player. So and and I mean it's not like he's it's not like he's been like Mike Conley last year in Utah. Um he's still been such a plus for this team early on. Um uh, and I think just makes it easier on, on Devin Booker. I love this team. Aiton looks better. He feels that he's improving every single year. And it's nice that they've been able to defend, which I think was my only concern with them. What do you so think, yeah, guys? yeah, absolutely, hundred percent better than than Golden State. The thing I love is that Devin Booker is not taking as many shots as he was last year because he does not have as heavy of a load because he has a better team around him. And I think if you put talent around a dynamic shooting guard like he is, one of the best pure scorers in the NBA, you're gonna get good results. You're gonna win a lot more games and you're gonna things are gonna work out for you and the i thought the crowd was signing was fantastic as well and they're sharing the sugar everyone's playing well they have i believe if i'm looking right here they have six or seven guys scoring in double figures per night on, on you know so i mean when guys are everyone's getting touches and everyone's feasting and they're playing their roles well that's gonna help you and i think Chris Paul does not get the respect I feel that he deserves. And I would argue that Chris Paul, Chris Paul is easily on my top five list for best point guards of all time. No question about it. It's John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry, Magic Johnson. And that wait, Chris Paul, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry, Magic Johnson. And then missing the fifth one. Who am I missing for the fifth one? Nash. Maybe Nash or you could argue Jerry West or something. Oscar Robertson could throw in there. My, but My uh, computer uh, went out for a second. Maybe the aliens got me for a second. But who, who else did you have on that list? I'm sorry. Okay. So my the four I had were Chris Paul, Isaiah. Oh, and John Stockton. Okay. John okay. Stockton, Isaiah, Steph, Chris Paul, and Magic. Those would be my five best point guards ever. Okay. And Chris Paul is definitely on that list of top five. Everywhere he goes. They win. He goes to the Hornets, who had not been relevant for for about 10 years. He gets them to the two seed. He takes the Clippers, who had not been relevant for their since Bob McAdoo was there. He takes them within one game of their of the Western Conference Finals and takes them on their greatest run in the history of the franchise. Um, he goes to Houston. They get and they win 65 games along with James Harden. I th- and now he goes to the Thunder. They're rebuilding. 
not so fast, they make the playoffs. Now he's got Phoenix as one of the better teams in the Western Conference. It's incredible because I think when he gets there, he changes the dynamic of that locker room because he brings that veteran leadership. And the guys respect Chris Paul so much and they value who he is as a player as well as a coach on the floor that he is able to get all the guys to buy in and he becomes the leader in that locker room. And instant, it's, it's instantaneous what the changes are when it comes to having Chris Paul on your team. The chemistry changes, the way your guys play change, and we're now seeing the result of that, the Chris Paul effect. Uh, all right. Here, here we go, folks. Because um, I'm going to talk about Chris Paul, and then I have another player I want to talk about. Uh, but have you ever heard of uh, VORP? I think I'm, I'm condensing this into an acronym, but uh, value over replacement player. Are you guys familiar with the statistic? I've heard of that, yes. All right. Here are players that Chris Paul is higher than in this statistic. Kobe Bryant, who's 12th all time. Charles Barkley, 11th all time. David Robinson, 10th. Dirk Nowinski, 9th. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 8th. All right. And so that's your eight through 12. Chris Paul's higher than all of them. Chris Paul is seven. The only people who are better for value over replacement. And I'll tell you what, that the uh, number one, two, and three on this list are the only ones over a hundred. Chris Paul is 86. All right. Eight, almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's just barely over 86 Kareem at 85, seven, two. So we're getting super nerdy here. But anyway, he, here's the only players better than Chris Paul in this statistical category. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Carl Malone, and then your 3-2-1 is John Stockton, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James. And so, yeah, Chris Paul is uh, statistically just insane. Uh, and then as far as a player efficiency rating, he's actually the most efficient point guard in there uh he, he's got a 25 career per uh the next closest is our man steph curry with the 2386 he's way down at 17 chris paul's number nine that's all time in the nba uh now it's interesting because i would put like stockton and i would put isaiah above chris paul i put Magic johnson obviously above chris paul and it's because like what have you done in the playoffs you know for example Isaiah Thomas did 25 points in a quarter against one of the best teams of all time on one leg, right? Uh, one of the most heroic finals performances of all time. Granted, that was in the losing effort, but that guy won back-to-back -back NBA championships uh, chips the following two years. Chris Paul, what's his shining moment? Dribbling, dribbling the ball off his foot in the playoffs. And so we're going to see if that changes with the Phoenix Suns, but you can't deny the greatness of Chris Paul. But that's where I have a hard time like putting him ahead of the greatest of the great where I have guys like Stockton who also had some playoff blunders, but also had some big moments in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson or Steph Curry, the guys who've gotten those rings, I feel like I got to put ahead of Chris Paul, but yeah, absolutely. Chris Paul's probably in my top five all time point guards, but here is 
the unsung hero of the Phoenix Suns. Cause it's easy to talk about Chris Paul, but this next player has a true shooting percentage of 67%. He's third in the entire NBA in win shares. He has an offensive rating of 136. He has literally zero turnovers per game. He's shooting 46% from three and him and Cam Johnson are two of the most quiet and dangerous sons for sure. I think this guy is a key part for them to be a perennial contender. Who do you think I'm talking about, folks? Mr. Bridges. Mr. Bridges, baby. And he's cooking. All right. Uh, so he's having a phenomenal season. And, uh, you know, when you when you look at that Suns team, they're playing the best defense I've seen them play, like, maybe ever. I, I just can't think of a Sun Like, even when it was the Nash really good Suns, it was like th- their defense was kind of the weak spot of that team. Uh, but damn, you know, their first in assists per game, uh, they're, they're fifth in blocks, they're third in, uh, three point attempts, third and three pointers made eighth in three point percentage, shooting 37% as a team and, uh, behind Devin, Bri- uh, Devin Booker, it's, it's, uh, Bridges who's second in, uh, points per game with 14.1, but you have a legit big four where you have DeAndre Ayton, who I think is substantially underrated. He's averaging a double-double, uh, 14 points, 11 rebounds. And we always see how much better Chris Paul makes his big. So you got DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Bridges, and Booker, and then Jay Crowder, who's like just the quintessential glue guy for the modern NBA, this like kind of stretch four who can play uh, three through five if you need him to, uh, is going to play really good defense, pass the ball well, and lock down and uh, knock down threes. So honestly, I thought I knew the Suns were going to be good, but they are really good. Yeah, I mean the only the only reason I'm like kind of tempering my like my initial findings on the Suns is that look they beat Dallas and Dallas looks terrible. Luca looks like he had a really really bad off season that didn't involve any basketball at all <laughs> um they beat sacramento they lost to sacramento they beat new orleans um new orleans has been a good defensive team and not a lot of offense uh they beat utah which yeah i'll give it to them utah's a really good team i love utah uh, i don't love utah but I-, I love the way they play uh denver who struggled so it's not like like, I mean, if they had come out and beat the Lakers and then beat the Clippers last night and beat a couple, beat Philly or something, then I'd be a little bit more bought in. But I think it'll be a little bit of time before we figure out exactly who this team is. Uh, I do really – they play Indiana twice in the next, like, 10 days. Um, I want to see how they do against Indiana because I feel like Indiana is just, like, one of those teams that, like, they're never going to play down um, and they're just going to be consistent. It doesn't really matter who the opponent is. So if they beat Indiana twice – then I'm kind of like, okay, all right, cool, cool, because they also play Atlanta. Um, but they aren't really playing, like, the top-notch teams in January. <laughs> I mean, like, the next time they play, like, one of, like, the top three teams right now in the in either conference is, like, Philly in February. Uh, and they don't play the Lakers till the end of the first half of the season. So They did have a tough I'm, one I'm against still, uh, they, the, the Clippers the other night. Yeah, I, it, like, what, what really gets me right now about this team is that they have a – what a bottom five offense they're scoring like their numbers scoring the ball as a team are like close to like the Knicks and the Cavs and some of these 
kind of sad teams, but they do have the best defense in the league. I feel like the offense will come as Chris Paul, you know, kind of gets comfortable and as all these players get comfortable, but I'm still a little bit like, I'm not ready to anoint them. I had them as like sixth or seventh seed uh, before the season. I I don't think they're going to be a one, two or three seed. They they do Uh, have, uh, but but I'm, I'm looking forward. I mean, they've got a pretty easy schedule right now. So like, Maybe they rack up a bunch of wins at the beginning of the season, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I, I just need to see them score more because they they look like the Thibodeau Bulls right now. Interesting, interesting comp. And and uh, just to touch on something you said real quick, the Pacers did play down to the Knicks, or maybe the Knicks are good. That's uh, we'll talk about that later later in the show. But I was shocked to see the Knicks beat the Pacers the other night. I uh, I think I bet twenty five cents. Uh, that the Pacers would win that game. And I'm not getting that quarterback. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, the, the Suns, fifth in defensive efficiency behind only uh, the Raptors and then the rejuvenated defensively New Orleans, uh, Pelicans, Cleveland, and uh, Philadelphia. But Dude, Stan, Stan makes sure his, his guys play defense. Yeah, <laughs> they might not play offense, but they play defense for sure down there. <laughs> he wanted to build a fucking wall before it was popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, he is the he's the original. He's the original. Like that's where it comes from. All right, don't let don't don't get it twisted or at all or anything. Like, that's where it comes from. All right? He, all right, look, Stan. Stan is the creator of that. All right, Stan is the man. I, I have faith in Stan. Even if I don't like New Orleans that much, I have faith in Stan. I love the hire. What were you going to say, Josh? I still can't. I, that that picture of him on the scooter with his uh, with his hoodie on is still like one of the greatest mixtape photos I've ever seen in the history of the universe. Yeah, yeah. I I think that uh, he is uh, honestly a great fit for them, and and it's fun to see New Orleans playing some good defense. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just. Was, I I will uh, say just a little thing. I'm a little sad that that he's not going to be on TNT anymore. Cause I, him and I and Eagle were great together. They had great yeah. chemistry and it would have been so much better if the other Van Gundy got hired. Cause then we would never have to hear him on TV ever again. <laughs> but now it's like every time there's a national game, a national TV game on ESPN, I'm going to have to hear that dude talk. I hate his commentary. I, ca- I cannot get myself to listen to it. They ruined Mike Breen. I don't know how you ruin Mike Breen, but those two managed to do it. Van Gundy and Jackson, they ruined Mike Breen. I, and I, I hate it. I wanted him. I saw his buzz for like Houston. I saw him getting buzz for these other spots. I'm like, please, please, please hire that. Hire him. Hire him. I don't want to hear him on TV anymore. I, I feel like he kind of sounds like this. I'm going to try an impression here. We'll see how well it can even translate over a podcast. But he kind of has this like high pitched whine where he's like, you know, the referees, they yeah. really should all burn in hell. If you think about it, they're really bad. And back when, back in the nineties, you used to be able to punch a man in the face. Maybe it was a foul. Maybe it wasn't. Anyway, the league's gone soft. He's like, you know, back in the nineties, I took a book and threw it at somebody's head. The refs didn't even say anything to me. Now it's like you look at somebody, you get a flagrant two and you get barred from being in the league. They eject you from the planet. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> back in the day, I got in a fight. Back in the day, Marcus Camby punched me in the back of the head. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to shrug it off. Next play. Let's go. I remember one time hanging on to Alonzo Morning's leg during a brawl. And I got dragged all over the floor like a mop. And I looked like my toupee had just fallen off my head. <laughs> 
Oh man. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, uh, that heat Knicks brawl, it is. That was funny. Unbelievable. Have you ever seen that one where it was, I think, sh- I think it was Marcus Camby. Cause Danny Ferry was kind of known in the NBA as kind of just being an asshole. Oh, just kind of like now. <laughs> yeah. And so he did find Camby and Camby got so pissed that Camby went to throw a punch and instead, he like threw like a windmill punch, like Shaq tried to throw on Brad Miller in the Bulls Lakers fight, but he just hit Van Gundy in the back of the head. Ouch! That's a concussion, right? That, that eh, probably explains why his commentary is so bad. It's probably explains <laughs> why there's a... that day. Okay, I'm trying to think. Who <laughs> a would chunk of his hair is green? missing. His his hair got punched off his head. Probably. Here's my question. I... Who would be good with Mike Breen? Would Hubie? I'd take anyone with Mike Breen. Bill Walton. Like, as long as the color person is even half decent, yeah. they Adam. won't ruin Mike Breen. But then you Adam. like you pair him with some terrible people. Adam. I not, love not Hubie Brown. <laughs> Adam, we all love – Bill Walton is the favorite son of everyone. We know that. I love but Bill he, Walton. I don't know what he has done. I don't know what's gone on with him, but I don't think he would pass the drug test before he, he calls the game. Yeah, well <laughs> – who knows? I don't know if there even is a drug test these days. He probably wouldn't pass it, but it would be a uh, medical for him with all. The... I mean, I get. I mean, you. I have heard him. I've heard him on UCLA broadcast. He's not what he used to be. I, I mean, I was listening to him uh, Colorado against USC the other day, and it was New Year's Eve, and he just starts going ten, nine, eight. And they're like, dude, it's well, not has... even close to midnight. What are you doing? And he's like, time <laughs> in the Grateful Dead. The two staples of New Year's Eve. I love him. He's the best. He has tenure now. He's basically has tenure at this point to say whatever the hell he wants. And it's glorious. You should uh, check out Back from the Dead, his book. It's actually like low key, pretty inspiring. It's a pretty good read. Uh, anyone else want to talk about the Phoenix Suns or uh, throw any superlatives this, their way? Or uh, maybe maybe rip on them for some random reason? Any, any other thoughts before we move on to these uh, two Eastern Conference or three Eastern Conference teams that we have left on our on our list? I need to see him wear yeah. those or those Charles Barkley Phoenix Sun throwbacks. I need to see a few of those worn a few times this year. Amen Those are fantastic that. uniforms. I got my Dan Marley jersey in my closet. Dario Saric finally gets a chance to be on a good team. <laughs> Super Dario, they call him. That guy's that guy's been getting hyped for like eight years, and it's like, yo, finally he's going to be on a team that somebody wants to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he can lead the second team or something. I don't know. <laughs> We'll see. They're going to be a fun team. Hey, I mean, he, he, he can pass. He can pass. He'll be fun with Bridges and Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, um, they're, yeah, they're, they're kind of sneaky deep. So, so here we go. All right. Now, if it ended today and it doesn't, so it doesn't matter, but if it ended today, the three teams we're talking about, the Cavs would be the three seed. Uh, the Knicks would be the seven and the Brooklyn Nets would be playing the Chicago Bulls in a playoff uh, situation, right? To make the playoffs, I should say, a play-in. However, play-in, play-out, play-off, I don't know. It's Everyone's moving the rules on me. That's a whole different uh, conversation. But uh, one of these teams we all expect to be better, uh, and then two of these teams, what? The New York Knicks, they just beat the Indiana Pacers. We're the second-ranked team in the East, and, and they've beaten the Bucks by 20, and they beat the Cavs, who are apparently good. Let's talk about the New York Knicks. Uh, 
Ami, I feel like you were one of the first to the party on here, so I'm giving you the floor. Or I'm sorry, a boss. <laughs> Used to have a Ami on here so much. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> uh, the Fibs effect, man. They 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 play some defense now. It's also nice to see them. Um, like last year, they would always. St- who the heck was starting at center for them last year? I, I can't remember who Mitchell it was. Robinson. But it was they would, no, they, no, no, they would always start somebody over Mitchell Robinson and always give that person uh, minutes. It was just some like you know the classic like veteran who shouldn't be doing anything. Crappy uh, oh God, who was it last year? I can't remember who the heck was starting at center they last Taj, year. Taj, and now they had Bobby. Yeah, they did. Have- yeah, they had Taj and Bobby, but they had like a center center who was starting for them. Uh, anyways, anyways, I, I just found I, I I find it nice that Robinson is finally getting some. Uh, I think it was Taj. Some play. To, yeah, it was probably Taj. It was probably Taj. Yeah, I I'm I'm just happy to see him starting a lot because like Mitchell, he fouls to he dude he fouls like Theo John <laughs> on Marquette, but uh, I, I'll take it. It's just nice to see the younger guys playing well. Julius Randall has become Russell Westbrook. Or like except like our forward edition without the defense maybe yeah yeah without the defense um i'm looking forward to seeing where wherever he gets traded to yeah. <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> rj barrett still can't shoot but he's scoring a lot three but leading uh, and, and it's like 30 37 percent third the floor me. <laughs> i mean they're the worst offensive team in the league i think but then like a top five defensive team. Yeah, That's so comfortable. Yeah, it sounds uh, points like... allowed uh, with one hundred four point seven. They're thirty Classic... points scored one hundred one point seven. This is it's, it's literally it's just Thibs, right? It's Thibs. It's the Thibs effect, man. And he, yeah. he just he could never do it with Carl Anthony Towns because that guy just I, I don't know. I think he's allergic to defense. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact test. that he's getting the Knicks to be at the top five defensive team is really fun. Who knows how long it lasts? But I'm gonna enjoy it while it while while it's still going. I'm really gonna enjoy it. I really miss the glory days of the Bulls averaging 93 points and giving up 92 points. It was the glory days. For I I, miss, I, I really I, miss, especially those days when they were playing Memphis and it'd be like 72 to 68. Those were great games. <laughs> I, I miss an NBA team being able to hold every opponent under a hundred points. That was like, yo, that was like when Keith Bogans had a, had a spot. I remember the, I remember, if I remember correctly, I think it was that the baby bulls, when they made the playoffs that first time, I think they had a run where they held like 25 teams in a row, like 25 games in a row to end the season. They held teams to like under a hundred points, which I thought was pretty impressive as is. But now it's, if you can hold a team under 105 points a game, it's very impressive. And I think with the Knicks, it's a coaching and it's a culture change. Mm-hmm. And I think Leon Rose and those guys, I think are trying to build something there. And I think they're trying to, they're trying to find some pieces. I think Julius Randle can be a piece. I don't think you, he's a, he's a good player and I don't see any reason, unless he wants a bag full of money. I don't really see. And he's already reason. got like a decent bag full of money, Not a decent bag, but it's not like, you know, how much did he get? Does anybody know? Because my computer's going real slow. I, I, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pretty sure he just got a bag actually from the Knicks. 
here we go. Julius Randle contract. And uh, yeah, he's only 26, by the way. So, I mean, yeah. All right, here we go. Pulling it up right now. He signed a three-year, $62 million contract. It's not um, even bad. It's not even a bad deal. So is that, same as, like, considering what they're getting out of him, 29, 10 and a half, and seven, that's a bargain. Yeah. I mean, he, the, he's the still got get, next year on it, too. Right. And so I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, the Bulls get Zach Levine to score 25 points a game for him, and he's averaging, and he's getting paid $20 million. That's a bargain. Yeah. That's fine by me. I mean, that's a deep, I mean, I mean, you got to get, no defense, but you're still going to get a lot of points from him. Thibodeau so, unlocked him. Like, he's still kind of turning the ball over because he's averaging the 7.2 assists, but like four and a half turnovers, which is a lot. But like, he's shooting 50% from three. He's, he's, they're running him at this like point forward position. This is the best Julius <laughs> Randle we've ever seen. And the Knicks are like, not like my eyes aren't bleeding when I watch them. It's amazing. Yeah, they've still got some, some really bad young players like Kevin Knox still looks lost. I do not. Uh, Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith doesn't even get on the court. <laughs> Remember when they traded him for Porzingis <laughs> or, or that was in the Porzingis trade traded. Uh... Yeah. That was like the, the main, the main return. I don't Yikes. know. I just, I'm, I'm enjoying it while it lasts. I don't think it's going to last, but yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think. It'll be fun. Like, yeah, but I, I was going to next. I think they will be the next because the next have not been relevant since 1995, basically. <laughs> I mean, they, they like had mellow and they went to the finals in 99, but yeah, like the, the Knicks have been, the Knicks um, have been crap since Dolan took over the team. Yeah. And he's a problem. Uh, yeah. Kevin Knox shooting under 40% from uh, the field and under 30% from three. That's a but big wait, 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 wait. Adam, I think that might make the playoffs because I think Frank Neal Kina is going to lead them to the promised land. I know he can. Interesting. That's a hot take. I just burnt my hand a little bit. Um, Give it four and a half points a game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see. What are they thinking? The, the Knicks are three and three. Everyone rejoiced in New York. Everyone get more excited than you should. We'll see what happens. Like, if they win 40 games. If they win four games. <laughs> Maybe 14. They'll really get excited. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how sustainable it is. Because like, you know, there's teams like the Heat and the Nets that are going to climb back into things. We'll see. The Raptors are a whole different conversation. They really do look pretty screwed right now. Uh, look at it. Look like a lost team out there. And, you know, are the Cavs for real? Are the Magic for real? I don't know. It's way too early, or too early in the season. But when the Knicks beat the Pacers the other night, and I watched that one, I was like, okay, you officially have my uh, attention. I also think the Pacers kind of blew that game, and Victor Oladipo took some really silly shots. Uh, down at the end, but another, the next team we're talking about is one I'm actually a little more interested in, and I think they do have more talent, uh, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so they're right behind the Knicks as far as elite defense goes. They're fifth in uh, points allowed per game, uh, and they're averaging twenty, or I'm sorry, uh, they're twenty second in points per game, one hundred and eight points per game. Uh, people are calling them Sexland, which is hilarious, uh, of course, because Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. And then you still have Andre Drummond doing Andre Drummond game things with his 17 points per game and his 14 rebounds and, uh, you know, his two blocks and his three assists and his two steals. Uh, JaVale McGee is out here uh, shooting 50% from three. I don't know how to feel about that. Um, I don't know. Thoughts, Cavs, what do you guys think? Contender, pretender? Definitely not a contender, a pretender, but like. I think they're a pretender. It's going to fall apart. Are. I, I mean, 
they started off 3 0. They've lost two of the last three, and they're probably going to lose tonight right now. They're already down seven to Orlando, who I think is a who I think is a, who made the playoffs last year. Right. And the legend of Michael Carter Williams continues to shine. Michael um, Carter Williams, I call him. Shout out to Markel Fultz, by the way, who has had a career renaissance, and I'm mm-hmm. glad to see him finally find a home and finally really becoming I, not a player who is worth the number one pick, but a solid viable player in this league averaging 16 and six. I mean, I mean the knock on him with, I mean, just the stories back then was like, he had to see a, what a psychiatrist just be like to like fix his jump shot or something. Like he had, it was so bad. It was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. And like, he couldn't even hit a 15 footer or something. It was that bad. Yeah. I was getting And so I think that this team, you know, I think they have some good young talent, but I, I, unfortunately, you don't got LeBron James there. I'm going to call you a pretender until you really can show me something more than what you've been showing me. And while they've, they've won a few games, they've fallen off a bit since their three and zero start. And I think, That's you know, a good point. so I, I'm for me, and they beat the Sixers on a night that the Sixers didn't have Embiid. Let's just right. put that so out I there. So, I mean, it, like, the Bulls won last night and Luka didn't play. So, I mean, are we really going to give them that much credit? Great. Here, pat yourself on the back. You beat them without Luka and Porzingis. Good job. If you play if, if you play both of them, if Porzingis and Luka Dodgers are playing, you're getting your butt kicked. So, I, I mean, a win's a win, but you can also say – it, it, is it really a win-win? You know, I mean, you can... Well, it's definitely a win over Atlanta. They beat Atlanta and held them to 91 points. And going into that game, I'm pretty sure Atlanta was, like, the number one scoring offense in the NBA. And so, like, this is a very good defensive team. It's getting better, but I just don't see it as a team that's going I don't, to... I don't know if I see it as a playoff team right now. I think... I need to see a 20-game sample before I can say anything, really. Okay. You know, and I always say for every every year... Let me see how you look through 20 games, and then I can make a, a decision on whether or not I think you're good. And if the Cavs are, what, 12 and 8, let's say? Okay, you've got my attention. Okay. I think 12 and 8 is reasonable. But 4 and 2, they're not there for you yet. No. First in steals, sixth in assists. I mean, game. I honestly, I, I love that I don't think they're going to be that good. Like, I, I don't see them being like a top six or something in the East. Maybe a play-in, maybe a seven or eight. But, like, I just like the team a lot. Colin Sexton's hilarious. I mean, this guy, like, regardless of what he does in the NBA, he still played a game three on five and one. Yes. In college. And it might have been the nastiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And his mentality is just the way he acts is hilarious. Like, last year at the free throw line, somebody stared at him and he just looks at him in the eye and just keeps staring at him. Like, he's just got this, like, killer instinct uh he hit on he hit a really big shot against the Hawks as well mm. uh so I love I I mean that backcourt is going to be rough defensively I feel like but uh I have faith in them in in both Garland and Sexton I think they're both going to be really good this also feels like a JB Bickerstaff type of thing where they're good on defense and can't play offense I hope he yeah. actually survives this time because I like JB Bickerstaff. I hope he actually is able to like remain as coach for more than a year. Yeah. Cause I feel like every time he gets an opportunity, they take it away in a year without actually giving him a chance to like get some longevity. 
I feel like he's definitely uh, earning it. And like you said, yeah, the, def- the defense, they have the second best defensive rating in the NBA. And another thing is like, they are not turning the ball over. They have the lowest turnover percentage in the NBA. So it's not a sexy way to win even in sex land, but if you play good defense and you t- don't turn the ball over, you're going to win some basketball games. I mean, they've got so many guys who are uh, smart with the ball. I don't think Larry Nance is going to average five assists a game. Uh, unless that's really what he worked on in the offseason and he just became a good <laughs> passer like that. But, like, uh, both Garland and Saxon are just smart players, and I I really do like it. I mean, they're also not going to shoot that well from three, at least the way they are right now, like 55% for uh, Saxon um, and 46% for Garland. It's not going to hold up, but I do I, – I have, I have faith in that backcourt. They remind me of Damon CJ, so – Ooh, I feel like I have to support them in some way. Okay. Okay. Um, anything else you guys want to throw in about the Cavs before I ask the, uh, the, the final question of the show. It's exciting to see a young team like that. We'll see how they develop and hopefully they have something to cheer about in Cleveland. I mean, well, how about this? They got the Browns. So they got plenty to cheer about this That's year. That's true. All right. Shout that, out to the Browns, by the way. Shout out Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Mayfield. Dude, the Browns will get kicked out of the playoffs before the Bears do. I'm calling it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I, if I can speak to I actually, they almost beat the Saints last time. So who knows? And no Kamara this time. So it's going to depend and, on Drew Brees. And I don't think Michael Thomas is playing either. Is he playing? I, I know they I were saving him for the playoffs. So I'm assuming he will. I mean, the way he's been this year. Does it make a difference if he plays or if he doesn't play? Yeah, yes. he's been hurt all year. <laughs> yes. And I mean, look, there probably won't be any Roquan Smith, which is going to be a disaster because he's the best player on the team. And if the Bears lose to Emmanuel Sanders and Ty Montgomery, they don't deserve to be in the they don't deserve to be in the league. They deserve to be in the first place, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, they really don't. They really don't. It, it could be an Eli Manning year. You know, the 2020 NFL season feels like an sure, Eli you never know. special where the, the Bears know. squeak in and then Mitchell Trubisky wins the Super Bowl. And then hey, man, they like, have a they have a elite. good defensive he's line. Elite. They have a good they have a good <laughs> defensive line. They have an offensive line that's playing well. That's exactly what the Giants rode to two Super Bowls. So Solid run game. If, if, if that's possible. what we're saying, if if Eddie Jackson decides to play like he did before the contract and Chuck Pagano never puts a 32 year old linebacker on a deep threat, which probably good, right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of ifs there. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, folks. So Kevin Durant is uh, going to miss four games, seven day quarantine. The Brooklyn nets have lost four of their last five. Uh, so they, they split it with the Hawks, but then lost to the Wizards, the Grizzlies, and the Hornets. Uh, so three and four right now, and currently not in the top eight. Are we concerned about Brooklyn? Their bench has been playing just pathetic bad. Like outside of Irving Durant and Joe Harris, everybody on that team is just slumping. They, I feel like they're going to miss Dinwiddie, but um, they need to make do. I mean, they've got some talented players on the team. It's just that... Nobody seems to be playing well right now, but I think they'll be fine. They have a really, they have a pretty brutal schedule. Uh, what I think they play Boston or Utah, Philly, Grizzlies and Thunder should be a little easier, even though they've already lost to Memphis. And then Denver, Knicks, Magic, Bucks. They they play some like good teams. Though. I mean, I, I think the Jazz and Sixers are going to destroy them. 
uh, without Durant. But I'm not really concerned. They've had some big wins this year. Um, I think they just need to get familiar with each other. Okay. Yeah. Because it's not like Irving has really played for them. I mean, last year he barely played. Durant obviously just playing for them. So I think they'll get familiar. I think the bench players will start turning it on a little bit. Lavert has looked really bad too so far, but yeah. I'm sure they'll be fine. What do you think, Josh? You know, I think we'll see with Brooklyn. I mean, you still got Kevin Durant, you still got Kyrie Irving. I think, you know, it's, I think they're still trying to figure it out, but I do agree that the bench has been a problem, but we'll see. Like I said, it's just too early for me to really dissect. I mean, the Bucs are three and three right now. Right. And everyone, everyone's thinking, oh my God, everyone panicked. The Bucs are. Three and three. It's the seventh game of the season. Yeah, relax. Yeah, I I, I agree. Relax. The ball, the Bulls, the Bulls started two and two in 2010, 20 They might have started two and three, and they won sixty two games. Like relax. What what did Miami started? What eight? What what did this when they first got together? What was their record? Or even I think when he like got nine to the and nine, maybe or something. Nine and nine. In Cleveland, they were thinking about trading everybody, like the first year, and then they went to the finals. Miami, they went to the finals. So who cares? Yeah, I, I do think that they're too early to stay this bad. Uh, I do think, uh, Abbas, you you nailed it, man. Um, they're still kind of trying to get a feel for for each other, but they are still, you know, when you have that kind of those kind of scores, you're going to score even if you're losing. And uh, they are fourth in points per game, 118 points per game. I think they're going to be able to tread water. Expect some huge games from uh, Kyrie Irving. During the uh, well, then again, they, they're going to play some really good defensive teams uh, in this next little stretch. But, you know, Ir- Irving's going to be able to kind of hold down the fort. Uh, they're going to be fine. I still think they probably come out of the East. Um, if they, they don't, it's because other teams have better chemistry, though, because like on paper, they're just too good to not be really good. I'm not going to lie. Philly. I don't I don't think it's crazy to say Philly comes out. I think they, they could. They look way better than the Brett Brown Sixers with Doc. I, I feel like you could say this for every team, but Brooklyn should trade for Derrick Rose. Um, that I, I would help they, them a lot. Yeah, I think they, if not like Derrick Rose, they need like somebody, uh, even like I, I said George Hill earlier today on OKC, even somebody like that, they just need another person who is, is kind of in that mold, just like a dependable veteran bench guy. Because um, a Dinwiddie I feel like right now they're they're kind of relying on some of these guys who are slumping, uh, and if they don't ever get out of their slumps, Brooklyn's going to be, you know, they're going to be really searching for guys late in the season, and I don't think you want like TLC to be like your sixth or seventh best player <laughs> going into like May June. <laughs> whenever the playoffs are supposed to start this year, I, I think you kind of want a Derrick Rose or a, or a George Hill, like a proven veteran. Cause they don't really yeah. have, they don't really have, they have, they have a lot of players on their team, but they don't have like proven veterans with like playoff experience. Like who, what it's like Deandre Jordan is your like most experienced player in, other than Kyrie and KD. And all he's witnessed is choking in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh huh. So like, I think they need like, they need like an old dude. They need they need a Garrett Temple. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It'll come at a price. They, they, they need a Thad Young. <laughs> oh man, we'll have to get on the phone with uh, Brooklyn after the show. 
Um, but yeah, I think uh, this has been fun, guys. Uh, anything else you want to add before we move on? It sounds like we're going to have to talk about the Sixers soon. I don't want to talk about the Sixers because I hate them, but like, yeah, I think we're going to have to. Yeah, I think we are going to have to. It has uh, to be discussed. Yeah. It needs to be discussed. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh... I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep saying they don't have a closer. I'm just going to say it again and again and again until it becomes true. <laughs> you have a point. Speak and it into existence. We'll see. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. As always, check out our guy, uh, Evan, the Wax Cowboy on Instagram. You can check out his artwork. He did our uh, beautiful logo. And uh, check out the Full Court Trap. We're having a ton of fun with that one. We actually uh, recorded the first ever game show from Mars yesterday. Made history. No one's talking about it. I haven't gotten a call from any scientists today. Uh, no one's called me from any major media outlets. And frankly, I'm a little offended. I don't understand it. We literally, uh, not only were the first people on Mars, but we had a trivia show. And we had... Uh, aliens that uh interfered a little bit with our our recording as well and so if you haven't checked out uh the full court trap live from mars john and matt going at it it was actually uh incredibly close it it was the second closest contest we've had in the history of the show so give that a shot and if you haven't already give us some love on uh apple podcast if that's where you listen uh it really does help us find Uh, some more listeners if you just hit that five star button and so if you haven't already hit the five star button we really appreciate it leave us a friendly review if you're feeling extra nice we'll talk to you next time folks hoops dramas podcast